I'm so excited to, uh, to preach tonight, and we're kind of, kind of tracking on the, same, uh, the same, same line that Levi started last week, faithful in the unknown. Last week, Levi, Pastor Levi preached on faithful in the fire. Tonight, we're faithful in the unknown. Right. And start off with, I have to ask a question. Who here is a control freak? Anyone? Any uh, self-proclaimed control freaks? A few hands went up. Anybody sitting next to a control freak who didn't put their hand up? <laughs> Jaden just got in trouble there. He put his hand up. So that left just slapped him. Put your hand down, Jaden. What are you doing? Now, my wife, Georgia, I love her so much. She will tell you she's not a control freak. She has told me many times she's not a control freak, and she is adamant. But I'll let you decide. Whenever I go in the kitchen and try and cook while she's cooking, nah, I'm banished. I'm banished from the kitchen. Because apparently, there is a certain way you're supposed to cut potatoes. And if you don't cut the potatoes a particular way, exactly the way Georgia wants them cut, then it's no good at all. My thought is, well, if the potatoes get cut, the potatoes get cut, right? Like, as long as at the end of the day, all the potatoes are cut and they end up where they need to go, it's all good. Who cares how we get there? But Georgia is like, no, there is a certain process and there is a certain way that things have to be done so that we get to the end result. Whereas I'm like, look, man, like, I feel like, look, my opinion, I think that's a little bit control freak. I think that's a little bit control freak. Hands up, who wants to throw Georgia on the bus? Just me. Oh, Jane's with me. Mark is with me. Yeah. But uh, she just, she tells me, she's, I just like to know exactly what is happening, exactly when we're doing it, and exactly how it's going to get done. That doesn't make me a control freak. I just like to know these things. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I don't know what the definition of a control freak is, but that feels pretty close to me. <laughs> so um, maybe we can have intervention for Georgia up. <laughs> no, she's great. She's great. It's actually fantastic because it means I'd have to be in the kitchen. She does all the cooking. It's wonderful. <laughs> so uh, who's the real winner? <laughs> Obviously me. <laughs> anyway. I say that to say all of us have a little bit of control freak in us. Yeah. All of us have a little bit of control freak in us. And I think it comes out of the fact that when we feel like we're not in control, it makes us scared. It makes us a little bit nervous. It makes us a little bit worried because we don't know what's going to happen. We try and control things because we want to decide the final outcome. We want to know what is going to happen. We want to be in control because when we're in control, it makes us feel safe. It makes us feel like everything is all good because I know what's going to happen. And when I'm in control, I can decide the outcome. And so many times in life, we want to be in control, but we just can't be in control. In fact, some studies put the statistics at about 15, only 15% of your life you're in control of. Only 15% of your life. If you're a real control freak, you can maybe get that to 17%. And so like, I'll round you up to 20% and give you one-fifth. So like, you know, 20%, one-fifth of your life you can control. That doesn't seem like much, does it? That doesn't seem like a lot that we can control, a lot that we have control of the outcome over. And so it leaves this whole four-fifths, this whole other 80% of our life that is unknown, that we can't control the outcome of, that we can't control the destiny of. And it's this whole crazy, crazy unknown out there. And the fact is we look at this unknown and it makes us a little bit nervous, makes us a little bit worried, makes us maybe just a little bit anxious. Because we're thinking and looking like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how that's going to turn out. This unknown in my life, this unknown, is actually making me a little bit stressed. Yeah. And if you think of that, like 80 to 20%, that's not good odds for you, is it? 
If you're stressed about 80% of your life, you can only control 20% of your life, that's a whole lot of your life you're going to be stressed about. It's a whole lot of your life. And um, this worry about what could happen, we start playing scenarios in our head. Oh, what if this happens? And if that happens, then what if this happens? And if that happens, then I'm going to do this. And if this happens, I'm going to do that. And we spend so much effort and so much time thinking through all these things that we want to do. If this happens and that happens and that happens. And then we get to the situation and none of those events play out. Everything is actually totally cool. None of the disasters we cooked up in our head actually came to fruition. And so we spent forever worrying and stressing and being anxious about these things that we couldn't control, that we wanted to try and control, that never actually ended up happening. So we wasted all this effort. And where does it leave us? Anxious. It leaves us anxious. In fact, I looked up the definition of anxious. And uh, the Britannica Dictionary definition of anxious is afraid or nervous, especially about what may happen, what may happen, stressed, afraid, or nervous about what may happen, about what may happen. Now, the thing is, as humans, we like to control things because it makes us feel safe. And so we've concocted all these ideas about how we can control our lives. And recently, um, coming out of the COVID pandemic, a lot of things that we thought we were in control of, we realised we're not actually in control. These things that we thought were safe and were taking for granted, things that we thought were a given, aren't actually a given anymore. They've actually become unknown. Things as simple as going to the grocery store and getting toilet paper. Once upon a time, we used to be like, that is safe. That is 100% all G, don't have to stress about. There will be toilet paper at the grocery store. Uh Uh-uh, not anymore. In the back of our minds, everyone's thinking, oh, is there going to be toilet paper this week? I mean, even if it's not a forefront of mind, there's still that little bit of stress in the back of your mind thinking, that thing that I once took for granted is now no longer under my control. It's actually not a safe place anymore. And so many different things in our lives that we once took for granted post-COVID, all of a sudden, they're unknown again. They're unknown again. And um, I read a really interesting book from Mark Sayers called The Non-Anxious Presence. And he actually suggested we're living in what he's calling the anxious era. The anxious era. Because we, as humankind, had thought that we had conquered, conquered the unknown. We had conquered Mother Nature. We had created such a safe space that we were going to be all good, not stress about anything. And then all of a sudden, pandemic comes along and throws a huge spanner in the works. And all of a sudden, things that we once thought we could take for granted, things that we thought were safe, things that we thought were comfortable, things that we thought we had control over, all of a sudden, we realised, man... We're not in control anywhere near as much of life as we thought. There is actually so much unknown. There's so many different things in our lives that could change at any moment that we don't even know about. And it actually has created in the society like a low-level anxiety. And there's a spirit of anxiety that's kind of crept into the world where people are all of a sudden like, there's so much unknown. There's so many things that could go wrong at any moment. There's so many things that could just ruin my life so quickly, so fast. It's actually crazy. And so there's this whole thought that this anxiety has creeped into society. And this is, you can see this in like a lot of statistics. More people than ever are accessing mental health resources. More people are asking for help in different things. More people are actually coming forward and saying, hey, I'm actually feeling a little bit anxious. I'm actually feeling a little bit stressed. There was a really great study done by Global uh, One Hope, Global Youth Study, and they um, did a really great, really great study about how people are actually feeling. And the, the levels of anxiety and depression and people feeling lonely has risen exponentially since, since COVID. It's been actually quite, um, quite alarming. 
particularly for someone who does a lot of work with youth and young people and seeing that come through in this generation that is this spirit of anxiety, this spirit of not knowing what's going to happen. Because what happens is we, we build our lives on something. We try and build our lives on something and we try and build this incredible life. And then all of a sudden what we build our life gets taken out from underneath of us. The whole lives come crumbling down. Whole lives come crumbling down so fast. And we try and build these lives and then what's actually, things are changing so fast. Things are changing so fast. So one minute you try and build your life on your job, on your career. You know what? That job might be gone tomorrow. See you later. Try and build your life on your health. Man, the health might disappear so fast. So many different things that we put our hopes and dreams on, we try and build our lives on, and then all of a sudden we realize that could come crumbling down so fast, so fast. And you know, one of the great things that has come of this has actually been an exponential growth in, in mental health resources. People talking about mental health, people talking about how you can look after yourselves, people talking about how you can build a great big life. And there's all these new things coming forward, people giving you great advice about how to do this, people giving great advice about how to do that, people giving fantastic advice. But um, always come back to Jesus. Jesus talked about this 2,000 years ago. He actually gave the greatest advice you'll ever find to help you build a solid life. 2,000 years ago. Nothing else, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Jesus gave an incredible example. There's this really cool passage in, uh, in Luke, and it's also uh, in Matthew, but from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 and 49, uh, Jesus is just wrapping up his Sermon on the Mount. This, this sermon, this message that he gives to p- thousands of people about really, just really great practical advice on how to live your life. And he finishes with this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. I'll let you sit in that for a moment. Two thousand years ago, Jesus gave incredibly relevant advice for right now. Incredibly relevant. He said, Hey, look, there's so many different things you could build your life on. You could build your life on success. You could build your life on money. You could build your life on friends. You could build your life on fame, fortune, all these things. But I'll tell you what, it's going to come crumbling down. The storm's going to hit it. It's going to come crumbling down. Or you could choose to build your life on me. You could choose to build your life on my teachings. You could choose to build a life that's actually going to stand firm when the storms come against it. You could choose to make really great choices right now. They're going to see you actually be standing 30 years into the future. They're going to see you actually living an incredible life 30 years from now. They will see you actually be thriving and doing well 30 years from now. And so Jesus is coming and saying, hey, look, there's all these things people will tell you. There's all these things the world will tell you. There's all these things that you could do. But I'll tell you right now, it'll all amount to nothing in the end. It will all amount to nothing. But if you build your life on me, if you build your life on my teachings, if you build your life on what I say you should do, you will actually build an incredible life. 
And you'll build a life that will be able to withstand the things of life that come against it. You'll be able to withstand the storms that come against you. Because there's a couple of observations I have in this story. I'm going to give you two observations, and then I'm going to hit you with an observation slash application. And uh, the first observation that I want to give you is that storms are predictably unpredictable. Storms are predictably unpredictable. If your life is going fantastic right now, if you've never had an issue or a problem, I'm really sorry to do this to you. <laughs> really, really sorry. But I'm going to tell you, a storm's coming. A storm is coming. I don't care who you are, how amazing your life is, I don't care what you've done or how you built your life. Hey, storm's coming. I can tell you with 100% certainty that a storm will come your way. Now, I can't tell you what that storm will look like. I can't tell you what that storm will feel like. I can't tell you how that storm will hit you, when that storm will hit you, or what will happen when that storm hits you. But I can tell you it's coming. I can tell you it is coming. Sooner or later, you'll be hit with life. Life comes to us all, whether you like it or not. You know, there's not a single person I know who was sitting around at the doctor's office and was predicting, oh, this is uh, three years from now, that's when I'm going to get my, uh, my cancer diagnosis. No, no one's ready for that. No one's predicting that. Yo, four years from now, that's when I'm going to go bankrupt because my business failed. Ah, no one's predicting that. No one's sitting now and thinking, that's, that's where my life's going to end up. No one's thinking about, hey, these things in life happen. Sometimes, for no reason other than the fact that we're human and we live on a broken planet, bad things happen. Storms come. Life happens. And when that happens, man, it sucks. Man, it sucks. It hurts and it's brutal and it's, it's not fun. But two things could happen when that storm comes. You could have spent the time before that storm comes building a life on sand, building a life on things that will just slip out from right underneath you when that storm comes. You could have spent your life building on things that are just going to fade away. If you had put your hopes and dreams on your success, if you put your hopes and dreams on your job, on your family, on your career, on your, your finances, man, I'm sorry, but you could be in trouble. When that storm comes, those things are going to fall apart. That life you built is going to come crumbling down to nothing. There's going to be nothing left of it. There's going to be nothing left. But my second observation is that rocks don't move. Rocks don't move. Jesus says that his word is like the rock that we build our lives on. And so if we choose to build our lives on the rock, on the words that Jesus has given us, on the teachings that Jesus has given us, well, guess what? When that storm comes, yeah, it might shake you around a little bit. Yeah, it might be scary for a moment. It might still be a bad storm and it's still going to hurt. But guess what? Your life's still going to be standing. Your foundations are still going to be there. They won't have moved. They won't have changed. They won't have nothing have happened to them. In fact, you'll still be standing even when those storms of life come against you. When they come against you, and they come and get you. Yeah, so rocks don't move. God doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. What culture thinks is valuable change, changes. What culture puts its value on changes. Your job will change. You will change as a person even. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we choose to base our lives on His teachings, what He wants for our lives then we can look that storm, that unpredictable storm, that uncertainty, that unknown in the face and be like, hey, look, 
man, I've got faith that even though this is coming against me, even though things are getting crazy right now, my God's the same. My God is strong. My God is all powerful. And I know that if I build my life on Him, man, it doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm good. I'm good. In fact, you know, you could even, like there's stories in the Bible people talking about, even like Paul and stuff. It's like, I could lose my life, but I'm still going to be good. I could lose everything, including my very life. And it's going to be all okay because I built my life on God, on something bigger than me, something bigger than right now, something bigger than anything this world has to offer, something solid that is never, ever going to change. And because I've built my life on that, man, I'm good no matter what comes against me. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. I'm going to figure it out. God's going to be with me and we're going to be all sweet. And the third one could be a bit of a challenge for some of us. Could be a bit of a challenge. I may have to call some people out here. I don't know. But... um. Third observation slash application. Faith isn't passive. Faith is work. Faith is work. I don't know if you guys have been told, told this lie that sometimes gets told in church that, oh man, you just got to have a bit more faith. You just got to, oh yeah, just, if you just have faith and stand still and believe that God's going to sort it out, it's all going to be all good. It's like, well, yeah, man, you got to have faith and believe that God's going to sort it out. But you've actually got to put in the work as well. Jesus says here, let me read this here. It doesn't say in the, uh, in the verse, uh, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and believes in me, uh, they'll be all good and they'll be able to build. No, he says, everyone who comes, hears my words and puts them into practice. Puts them into practice. It's work. It's work. I mean, so many, so I think sometimes we are caught in that trap. It's like, hey, I've just got to believe harder. If I sit on my couch for 40 hours a week and I believe that God is going to do something incredible, it's like, he, well, God can do something incredible. And God, you know, sometimes God will do something incredible because He is God and is able to do miracles. But God's looking at us and saying, hey, look, I've given you a promise, but you're not moving. You're not doing anything. You're not actually putting in the work. We, you've heard my words. It's like the foolish person. The foolish person hears Jesus' words. They actually know Jesus' words. In fact, they might even believe Jesus' words. But they haven't put them into practice. They haven't actually put in the work. The everyday work to put the words and teachings of Jesus into practice. And so even though they believe Jesus, even though they understand His words, when the storms come because they haven't actually practiced and put in the work of digging deep foundations in the rock, of actually working hard and digging deep foundations... Man, their life's still going to fall apart. You know, it's interesting. It talks about like digging deep down to the rock, into the foundations. I don't know how many of you guys have ever tried to dig through rock. We have a sandpit at our house for Jasper. And Jasper gets his little plastic trowel and he, he in and out, digs a hole in no time at all. Easy. Easy as like, builds a sandcastle, puts the sandcastle up and it's great. But then a little bit of wind comes along, there goes the sandcastle. See you later. Whereas my digging, my fun, is actually going to the backyard and I dig fence holes. So I dug, I dug a fence. It took me two months to dig all the, all the post holes for our fence by hand because we live in Marine Dam West, right? There is more rock in the ground than there is soil. I'm telling you, it's terrible. You try and dig a hole like yay by yay, ends up being like this big because you pulled a boulder out this big. <laughs> I'm telling you, so I'm spending forever digging this thing. You get the crowbar, you bend the crowbar, you got to bend it back into place and you're trying forever. We've even got dudes like coming to dig our septic tank and they broke their auger trying to dig the hole and they, they weren't happy about it because there's so much rock. 
this is hard rock and he can't do anything out of it and try and just get it out of the road to get down. And so it's hard, hard work. It's hard, hard work. Jesus doesn't promise us that life with him is going to be easy. In fact, he doesn't promise us that just believing him will ever be enough. He actually tells us we've got to put his words, his teachings into practice. We've actually got to hear his promises, hear what he teaches, and put them into practice. And look, look at the Sermon on the Mount. He actually begins to teach on so many things that we should begin to look at ourselves. He teaches us how to deal with anger. And so he says, hey, look, if you're angry, just settle down. If someone comes and fights against you, well, turn the other cheek. You know what? That's not easy to do. But we've got to wake up each day and say, oh, I've got an anger issue, so I'm actually going to choose to listen to God's teachings I'm going to choose to, to choose joy. I'm going to choose to not give in to my anger. I'm going to choose not to act out of anger. I'm going to choose. And that's hard work. That's hard work. For some of us, you know, God actually teaches us to forgive those who sin against us. Some of us are holding on to things, holding on to like, resentment, holding on to, oh, that person hurt me, so I'm going to, I'm going to hold that against them for the rest of my life. And God's like Jesus is saying, hey, you need to forgive that person. You need to forgive that person. And so the faith, the work that we need to put in that situation, oh, each day, Jesus, I need to forgive this person. I know this is actually really difficult for me to do. And sometimes the people who sin against you actually do really mean stuff to you, stuff that you shouldn't forget, stuff that you should learn from, maybe cut them out of your lives, but you still need to forgive them. You still need to be able to say, hey, Jesus, you love them and you've forgiven them. And so I forgive them. And that's not easy. Those kind of foundations are actually really difficult to build in your life. And I think we can get sometimes caught in the trap of, hey, faith is just when you believe for the really big things. Faith is when you believe for the incredible miracle. Hey, I'm going to see a tenfold uh, return on my tithing. I'm going to see a tenfold return on my giving, believing for that stuff. I'm going to, when you hear a word from God, say, I want you to move to Africa and be a missionary. And you believe with faith that that's where you stuff. And we sometimes trick ourselves into thinking, well, that's what faith is. Believing for those massive things, believing for those big things. I think what Jesus is saying here is that sometimes faith is trusting him enough to do what he told us to do. To forgive those who sin against us. To turn the other cheek when someone does something wrong to us. To be generous to those in need. To love one another like we, like we love ourselves. To love God more than anything else. Sometimes just wake up in the morning just having enough faith to be like, hey, look, Jesus, you've actually given us the Bible. And you've written your words down. So sometimes a faith is just saying, hey, look, this is important to you, so I'm actually going to read it. I'm actually going to have enough trust and faith in you that what you have given me is actually important for my life and that you can actually speak through it into my today, into my right now, so that I can be transformed. Sometimes faith is simply saying, hey, Jesus, I know you've actually called me to live healthier. So I'm going to put the third donut away. I'm only going to do two donuts today and one coffee. And look after my health because God actually teaches us that we should be looking after our bodies because they're a temple unto Him. And so sometimes faith is as simple as saying, hey, I shouldn't buy that, that fourth pair of shoes this week because I should be stewarding my money better. And God teaches us that we need to be generous with our money and not just think about ourselves. And sometimes faith is just taking that next step. And saying, hey, God, even though there's so much unknown in this world, even though there's so many crazy situations, even though there's so many different things that I can't control, Jesus, I know that if I trust your word and I trust that you have actually put these things into the Bible, you put people in my life to speak to my life for a reason, 
that if I trust that and I build that into my life every single day, I make great choices every day based on your teachings, based on what you have shown us, that one day when things in life just come against me and life gets scary and the unknown comes against me from all angles, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all good because I know who I've built my life on. I know the foundations that I've laid. I know that I've put in the work. I know that I've actually chosen to be a disciple of Jesus. I've chosen each day to be a learner, each day to listen to His teachings, to listen to what He's saying and put into practice His words. Not just hear them and believe them and think, oh, I hear and believe His words, so it's going to be all good, but actually be like, hey, I have enough faith. I have enough trust in Him that I'm actually going to do the things He told us to do. I'm actually going to take that next step. I'm not just going to believe Him, but I'm actually going to put into practice, into practice the things that Jesus has told us to do. 